Welcome to Business Environment Insights, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about how they effectively navigate the internal and external environment of their businesses in a way that balances the needs and demands of all stakeholders, but also maximizes performance. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode. Nia Yari Giam, Jaganba, Na Gayabu, Yarawa Peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giyabul and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba. Our guest for this episode is a member of the Australian Institute of Company Directors, a member of the Association for Information Systems, and a member of the Australian Computer Society. Professor Mark Tolman is the University Secretary at the University of Southern Queensland and a Professor of Information Systems in the Faculty of Business, Education, Law and Arts. Professor Mark Tolman, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Mark, can you tell me a little bit about your current role at USQ? Uh, so I'm the university secretary, uh, with, uh, and also I'm a professor of information systems, um, as it uh, turns out. But yeah, my main role is as the university secretary, which uh, is a bit like a company secretary, if uh, um, from from a sort of corporate perspective, it's fairly similar. Look after the board, basically. And what does that involve on an everyday basis? On an everyday basis. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the board is the governing council of the university. And so uh, every couple of months, there is a council meeting. In between those council meetings, there are committee meetings for the various uh, components, uh, uh, finance facilities, audit and risk, uh, chancellor's committee and the like. So uh, there's a, a lot of papers to be corralled, if I could put it that way. There's a lot of interaction with management to get those papers ready for the board, for council. And uh, there's a small team here that helps me uh, helps me get all that together. So day to day, um, it depends on the week, really. Uh, some weeks, it's just flat out getting material together and uh, organising things and organising people uh, organising presentations, uh, really to get people in front of council so they can uh, effectively put their case on various matters, um, but uh, effectively monitoring everything that goes on uh, in the university. And how did you get to that sort of a position? Because you, you started as a lecturer. Yeah, that's a, um, okay. Um, I don't know how far back you want to go, but yeah, <laughs> um, we won't go back too far. I I was at one stage, uh, the chair of the academic board. Um, so I spent six years as chair of board, which now I was also a member of the, the governing council. So I got very familiar with uh, how council operated and there became a, a situation where they needed someone to take on this role. Um, and I won't go into the detail, but there was a, a need for someone to fill in. Uh, I'd finished up as chair I was, in fact, also head of school at the time, and I'd just finished that up as well. So um, I ended up in this role, and uh, I've been here for uh, seven years now. So do you find, Mark, that those sorts of management roles and leadership roles lead to further leadership roles? Look, the opportunity uh, that uh, anyone gets should never be... uh, 
never be discounted. You know, there are so many ways to come into various roles. And uh, I mean, I in this case, I was very fortunate. Um, the Chancellor pretty much tapped me on the shoulder and said, we've got a job for you. Um, in fact, the university secretary is appointed by the Chancellor's Committee of the university. So very much like a, a corporate setting where the, the governing council, the um, board of a, of a company will appoint the company secretary, very similar situation. So um, got a tap on the shoulder, talked to the VC about it at the time, um, and, yeah, it just happened. But, yeah, leading up to that, you know, you get to be chair of academic board because it's an elected role. Um, well, at least it was then. It's, it's, it's really is an appointment role. It's appointed by the council. Um, but the academic board itself has a fair say in who uh, will take on that role. Mark, t- today we're talking about business environments. How would you describe a business environment? Well, I'm sure that uh, um, everyone will have sort of their textbook ideas of what that is. I, I guess you're thinking of it from the point of view of, of this situation more than uh, uh, more more broadly, is that is that my understanding? Absolutely. I guess what our listeners would like to know is, within your context at the university, what's a business environment for USQ? I mean, it's a university, so it's a community of scholars for a start. So that's the most important thing to think about. And the scholars include, in particular, the students, but also the staff, the academic staff, and the support and professional staff. So it is really a very, a, a very heterogeneous situation. It's about people. There are, uh, there's the management of the university, so the senior uh, staff of the university, vice-chancellor, deputy vice-chancellors and uh, deans and the like. There, and, then, of course, we've also got infrastructure, um, buildings, technology, systems and so on. So these are all part of the environment, other parts of the environment, um, really are to do with uh, the external components. So things like um, we are regulated. Um, there is a, a regulating body that looks after universities Australia-wide called uh, TEXA. It evaluates effectively universities and how they operate. Um, it regulates. And the government, the federal government, provides the funding for universities. And each university is also... Um, established by an Act of Parliament, um, and those acts are state-based, or, or in the case of uh, the Australian National University, um, by the, the territory, the Australian um, Capital Territory. So there are those are the main parts of the environment, if you like, um, the business environment. I mean, but we we have to monitor a whole range of things that sort of impact on that environment. Um, trends in overseas student um, activity, any edicts that come out of government. A good one on that recently was uh, the way we would deal with freedom of speech and academic freedom, for example. But yeah, from time to time, uh, government will have uh, all sorts of uh, things to say about uh, what universities should and, uh, and maybe shouldn't be doing. Um, so they're a big they're a big part of our uh, our environment. We're also all because there's other universities. So I interact quite often with my fellow secretaries around the country. Um, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago just by Zoom to uh, 
to cover off on a range of matters to do with universities. So uh, we collaborate in that aspect, which would be a bit unusual in a company secretary uh, situation, I suspect. You know, I doubt if the likes of the Rio Tinto and uh, Mineral Resources and uh, BHB uh, company secretaries get together from time to time. But uh, university secretaries certainly do. It's a very collaborative, uh, very collaborative environment. To what extent do you think that uh, this business environment that you're describing impacts on the university in terms of its strategic planning or or even its operational activities? Well, we've we've just in fact refreshed the strategic plan um, recently. The the plan is really aligned with our major. Uh, stakeholders, so to speak. So, you know, there'll be a whole set of activities related to teaching and learning. There'll be a whole set of activities related to research. And there'll be a whole set of activities related to uh, infrastructure and technology and the like. So these are the typical aspects of the strategic plan. And impacting on all of those will be what government has to say about various aspects of that. Um, For example, to even be called a university in uh, 2030, I think it is, every universe, that, that those universities have to have half of their teaching has to be related to the research they do. So you know, and a, a government decision, a regulatory decision, then impacts on the look and feel of universities, which opens up a different idea as well, and that is specialisation of universities. So... Um, we'll see some of that occurring in the next little while too, I suspect. These are what are known as the provider standards and uh, they have been uh, put forward to the government and that is how universities will be structured going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, amongst all of the universities in Australia because as some people have said, and I can't remember who said it most recently, but as some people have said, there's really only one university in Australia. Um, There just happens to be 40-odd campuses um, and they all look very similar. Uh, and it's an interesting point. Do we, is that really a good thing for Australia? It impacts on our strategy. It, we, it, it, it's how we think about what we do. So the idea that there is one university in Australia comes from the fact that the universities of Australia, all of them, have to follow government regulations? That as well as they tend to look pretty similar. Yeah, they, they tend to do the same sorts of things. Some of them in particular groupings almost look like mirror images of each other. Um, we're a little different and I think that's part of our, our niche, I suppose, is uh, that we're such a, a large proportion of our uh, students. One part of the main environment we have, our students are um, off campus. So you know, it's like 70-something percent of our students don't attend campus. Um, so that affects how we uh, how we operate. Did I answer that question? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, and it's an interesting point that you make that they that because the universities are very similar to each other, you don't have a specialisation in a university generally. University campuses aren't specialising in a particular type of student, which is an interesting business environment that's set up around universities. I guess there are there are some specialising specialisations that are starting to appear. There is a, um, a new university established recently, um, which was called Avondale College, and I can't remember its new name as a university, but it is actually a, a divinity college, a divinity university. So its focus 
um, is on theological and uh, and religious type um, teaching and and research. So you know, it is there. There are specialisations appearing um, very slowly. The, the the current set of universities effectively came out of uh, a decision back in the 1980s that that uh, removed the idea of a college of advanced education and pretty much made all of those into universities or merged them or or whatever at the time. And that's another aspect, and it's similar to business, where you get things like mergers and takeovers and split-ups and the like. So, you know, it can occur, um, not always very happily, uh, but those sorts of things uh, do occur from time to time. Um, And even things like selling and buying campuses. For example, we uh, University of Southern Queensland bought the campus in Ipswich from the University of Queensland because they wanted to get out of that area so and we wanted to move in but we at the same time or nearly the same time moved out of the you know, the uh, campus at uh, Fraser Coast and pretty much sold that off to the uh, University of Sunshine Coast so these things you know this is the way of business in a sense um, it's 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 an important part of what we do so in that instance you almost had a geographical response and a population response to how you wanted to run the business. Yeah, very much, and also uh, to do with the uh, the sort of uh, interests of the students in those particular areas. The uh, the campus at Fraser Coast is very uh, focused on uh, teaching, um, as in in terms of high school and, and primary teaching and nursing, and that suited the demographics very well, and it also suited. Uh, the uh, Sunshine Coast to be thinking about well we could start some marine science type stuff in this uh, in this vicinity and we've got Fraser Island off the coast and da 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 not something that USQ was into but uh, USC were so you know you you move into areas and be part of areas and then become uh, part of that community. On that, Mark, to what extent do you feel say your leadership as the secretary is influenced by? The environment that USQ is uh, functioning in. To, to be <clears throat> to be frank, I don't really see myself as um, a leader in that respect. This this position, I I always feel is very much support role. I, I think of myself as supporting the management to interact with the governing council to achieve everyone's aims, uh, if you like. So I I sort of sit back a bit and and I do analyse and I do carefully uh, examine the environment, the broad environment, regulatory and the like. But I don't, I'm not really the one who is involved in you know, interacting with a lot of these. I don't have a lot of interaction with students. I don't have a lot of interaction with staff. I do have a bit to do with government, but even so, not as much as, say, um, the Vice-Chancellor would have or the Deputy Vice-Chancellor Academic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. It, it feels sometimes more internally focused than externally, but I do have to be aware and to bring to the table and to show people on council and management all sorts of things that I see and, and benchmarking and the like that I do with my university secretary colleagues because that's how we understand the environment and try to impact what happens at the university. Do you think the Vice-Chancellor and the Deputy Vice-Chancellor academic are influenced uh, by the business environment of USQ? Oh, absolutely. 
and, and certainly no question there. The vice chancellor has a, a very challenging role, having to interact both you know, with, with government and with everyone, um, sort of internally. You know, she's she's got the she's really in the middle of all of that. Universities will talk to each other quite openly about uh, a, a lot of things, but also not openly about some things um, because they'll be basically commercial incompetence. You know, we we want to do uh, uh, the best we can. Um, and it's quite a competitive environment, particularly at the moment, given uh, the lack of uh, international students are available to universities in Australia. So everybody's drawing on the same market um, due to the business environment of COVID that currently exists. Absolutely. Um, so I, um, it's, it's, it's noticeable that other universities are uh, looking to... Uh, to move into other universities' territories around the country, um, it's it's really obvious. So they're uh, they're all buying for uh, buying for at the moment the domestic market, but the the international one will come back. Although um, it's a bit of a challenge to get uh, federal government on side with that at the moment. And how do you think that the current business environment, which has been uh, set up uh, by COVID, um, restrictions. How do you think that business environment has influenced any decisions that USQ is making around the market now? This university is also uh, doing a fair bit of marketing for uh, uh, to domestic students currently. So that's one thing that's going on. Um, there's um, anyone who uh, flips around Brisbane will see uh, the, the various uh, billboards and ads on buses and the like. So there's a lot of sort of, sort of that sort of marketing going on at the moment. The international, the PVC international is uh, obviously talking with other heads of international areas around the country too to try to understand what the Australian context will be for international students going forward. It's such a big component of our university's business. You know, at one stage it was talked about as about a $40 billion component of the business in Australia. So it's a very large part. It's affected, for example, staffing. Many universities have had to cut staff. Uh, many universities have not employed casual staff for their business of recent times, for their teaching of recent times. So it, it's, it's certainly affecting that component of the environment. For domestic students, and it, for us it's interesting because um, we've we've been an online and an external university for a long time. Some of some components of that we've had to ramp up and and get better at. Uh, for example, they've moved into having online examinations as a, as an option uh, in in courses around the, the campus. So things like that have started to appear, and that brings with itself its own set of issues um, to do with um, integrity, uh, to do with uh, academic you know, issues, I guess. Uh, so they're all, they're, it is impacting in that way, but we're also being impacted by things like lockdowns and shutdowns and that too. So in Toowoomba at the moment, we're not locked down. In, in Ipswich and Springfield, we are because as a consequence of the, the, latest, uh, the latest COVID delta strain hitting, uh, hitting that area down in southeast Queensland. And Mark, we also saw changes from government in the pricing structure of some courses due to COVID and the idea being that 
the government wanted students and parents of students to focus on courses which they deemed to be more job-ready courses. How has that sort of affected USQ? Yeah, good question good and good point. I, I'm not certain it was so influenced by COVID. Uh, it, it, it was happening before COVID, really, um, but it might have sort of dovetailed with it, if you like. It, it, it affects us to the extent that we then look at what our portfolio of uh, programs is and we're reacting to that. So um, at the moment, there's a fair bit of thinking about the types of programs that we will offer um, over the next five years. So, and such, you know, some of the areas that are being focused on things like uh, allied health, but sort of pushing, pushing into ramping up interest in some areas such as um, business. Um, and the MBA is a good, good example of that, one of the areas that is, uh, is really being looked at by, uh, by the university at, at present. Mark, to finish up, I wonder, is there any advice that you would give to uh, students in the MBA program that may be exiting the program to move into management or leadership roles about the importance of understanding the business environment that their company's operating in? You have to make yourself aware of the environment and you have to spend time researching your environment. I find that uh, looking at Particular parts of, say, the Australian Financial Review are very helpful when it comes to education. Um, There's always a a section in the Australian every week on higher education. So these are are very helpful ways to see what's immediately going on in the environment. You need to also step back a bit from that and look at things like, um, for me, it's the Australian Institute of Company Directors. Um, I look at their, I'm a member of that and I use their materials and sitting on their courses and understand about everything from ethics to cybersecurity. You know, there's a a big range of things to be thinking about. It's a lifelong process. I I don't really know any other way to to explain it. You, You just have to be part of it. You just have to spend the time and get to know it. And, you know, you don't have to live it, but you do have to be very aware of it and very uh, willing to learn. That's some excellent advice, Mark. You have to, as a leader, you have to understand the environment, the culture of the environment, the psychology of the environment, and be a part of that environment yourself. Oh, absolutely be a part of it. You know, it's, uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing better. I, for example, the meetings that I attend with other secretaries, it is just a, a fabulous way to learn. Um, we also have online resources that we use and interact with to learn about each other's business. So by learning about what others do, you learn about your own. You, you don't want to just be focused there, though. You need to go a bit broader than that because sometimes you'll be the leader on something and they'll learn from you. Professor Mark Tolman, Secretary of the University of Southern Queensland, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thanks, Danny. Thanks very much. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast produced by the Office for the Advancement of Learning and Teaching.